<laughs> Greetings, citizens. You're now trapped in a nerd cage with your hosts, Mark and Jay. We hope you have a smashing good time. <laughs> yes, hello and welcome. That's right. You're trapped in Nerd Cage Live. This ain't just a reaction show, but a debate show and a live discussion on everything that makes people like you and I tick. So thank you for joining us tonight. I am your co-host, Jay St. G, coming to you live from Syracuse, New York. And always with me, my man, The Fiend from Louisville, Mark Withers. What's shaking, boss? Hey, what's going on, man? Super excited to be here as usual. And man, do we have an exciting and fun show planned for you guys today. Um, we decided that we're going to dedicate this episode to the 10th anniversary of one of my favorite films, a movie that I like to consider the Citizen Kane of nerd culture movies. And I'm talking about the one, the only Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Yes, this, sir, this, you, you are perfectly right. This is like the embodiment of nerd culture in this show because there are video game reference, it's a graphic novel, and it's a fantastic film with a fantastic cast. So this just perfectly fits what this channel is all about. Absolutely, I totally agree. And you know, I think I don't think that there has been a movie even before or since that has uh, successfully used in in the same way the their use of transmedia narrative. What I mean by that is that they sort of mix all of these different things: video games, comic books, anime, martial arts, garage yeah. band music. I mean, and they do it in such a way that is just it's just perfectly put together i mean it's it's a nerd's wet dream if if you will so, <laughs> <laughs> damn skippy right right and so you know you know while i'm while i'm uh you know a little bit embarrassed that i didn't get on that train earlier and see it in in theaters when it was out i mean when i finally did get around to seeing it i think you know a year after it was released i saw it on cable and I was just blown away by it. It like instantly became yes. one of my favorite movies. It still holds up. The, yeah, the special really effects in the story still hold up. I think this movie is going to age well for decades to come. It really will. For what I they agree. were going for. I agree. And it and it and it introduced us to so many uh, people who were unknown at the time that that eventually mm -hmm. just blew up and are blew now up. huge stars. Like if you look at that uh, that cast. It's now what you would consider a stacked cast. I mean, yes. you got Michael Sarah, you got Brie Larson, Chris Evans, Brandon Ralph, uh, yeah. you know, Aubrey Plaza. I mean, the name go the names go on and on. I mean, it's just it's it's amazing what they were able to do. Yeah, yeah, that's what I wanted to talk about first is the cast. As you just said, it's a stacked cast because at the time most of these were unknown, but they all right. end up blowing up later on. So Let's start with Brandon Roth. We all know him as uh, Clark Kent, Superman, and Superman Returns. Right, he was right. basically the one that, I hate to say the word, replaced Christopher Reeve. He was the one that was filling in Christopher Reeve's shoes, which is the most daunting task. And we we see him in a whole new light in this movie. Right. <laughs> the vegan <laughs> bass player. Like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> but he um, does it so well. Yup. And, yeah. and it's hilarious. <laughs> and, uh, and, he, and he had the intimidation factor. Now, Chris Evans now known as Captain America, but at the time he was just fresh off the Fantastic Four movies and listen, I've always been a fan of Chris Evans, even before Fantastic Four. I always thought he was a good actor and, and this in this movie you could tell he's having fun, he's making fun of himself. 
like really like he takes it to the next level like he's really out there to play like this you know this like this action star like johnny cage type um character of an actor and he, he he's exaggerated and it's funny yeah <laughs> um, he, you know if you but, if you look back at his you know if you look back at some of the other movies in his career it's a little bit closer to like the roles that he was playing up to that point before captain america you know it's just now that you know we think of him as like the leader of the avengers <laughs> but yeah. you know what i mean like looking back at it you know like it's kind of like okay well that that was kind of like his style back then but it's hard for us to remember that knowing the chris evans that we know now yes and then of course mary elizabeth Wentz said the, the main female lead in the movie she is uh obviously now well known as huntress now and of course right. she's uh married to uh, ewan mcgregor um so yeah again her career really blew up afterwards and then we have now michael sarah was just coming off a of super bad fresh off a of super bad and right. uh uh nick and nora's infinite playlist so he was he was already typecast into that dweeb of a character well you know the lovable loser the dweeb right but he was still part of that band obviously and it was really you know it was cool in that band and who else will we look at thomas jane had a cameo as the vegan <laughs> police that was great Fresh off the Punisher, I didn't even recognize him until this. Just you know, I just rewatched the movie last night, and I finally picked right. up on that one. Um, again, Brie Larson, we all know she was she was an indie actress at the time, and of course now she's Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, she was only 18 when she actually auditioned for that and got the part. Oh, yeah, yeah, that make, it makes sense because like, the timeline. Yeah, right. I think like uh, you know something I was watching said that she was like the youngest cast member out of all out of all of them. It's just funny because Michael Sarah clearly look clearly as a young son. Oh, yeah. he, uh, the gay roommate, uh, Kieran uh, McCul uh, Kieran, Kelly Kieran Culkin's brother. Culkin. Yeah, yes, Kieran Kelly Culkin. Culkin's brother, mm -hmm. who was excellent and funny as hell. And then his uh, and Andrew Kendricks was his, was uh, Scott Pilgrim's sister. Right. Um, she's blown up now ever since Bridesmaids. Her career really took off. But at the time, she was an unknown. Like, right. I can't believe how. Like I said, looking at the back of this movie, looking at where the whole entire cast is now, it's just like wow. Like, there's no way they would have gotten that cast together now. Right, without paying significantly mm -hmm. more. <laughs> yeah. You know, any, anyone else, I mean, any other big names I'm forgetting? I mean, Jason Schwartzman. I mean, there's there's a lot of them out there. Even Bill Hader from Saturday Night Live. He was, he did like all the voiceover uh, parts. Oh, like the, I did not know that. Yeah, that's like a little known fact. So. So yeah, so like the video game voice and like any yep. anything any narration. Oh, really? Like he's like, like no, you Scott Pilgrim with the power of love. Right, of right. Love. Okay. Oh now my you god, have to it all makes sense Mega now. Scott, you know, like yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so yeah, so yeah, again, a very sad cast. So again, this was probably this is basically this is probably not something we're gonna see anytime soon. We're gonna have all the all these casts together again. I don't I don't think it's ever gonna happen again. If you want the honest truth, is they've all blown up. Um, it's interesting the, to say that yeah, though, probably, like, because recently they got they did a reunion where they meeting, did like a yeah. right a Zoom meeting where they did a big table read of the film, and I watched the whole thing and I was completely captivated by it, even though there was no actual like vis visuals, no graphics mm -hmm. or anything. But they did a really cool thing, which was like they added in they they did their best to sort of add in the sound effects and some of the you know sort of homemade visuals or whatever and that kind of like spiced it up and made it made it really interesting to watch so i had i had a blast watching it. yeah i missed the reunion i mean i did certainly hear about it, and that was kind of what triggered me and i'm like i'm like 
Mark, we got to do a 10th anniversary look back of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. Um, now, let's, let's, okay, so shifting gears a little bit here. So the movie flopped, unfortunately, and right. by, by, by no one's fault. It came out the same, okay, it's, maybe it was the studio's fault. It came out the same weekend as The Expendables. Right. And The Expendables, we were all hyped for, and that's why this movie got overshadowed. Like, The Expendables was a huge box office hit. And then this movie was just buried and then just didn't catch fire. It became more of a cult movie. See, I ended up renting it right when it first came out because I've mm -hmm. heard from my coworkers like, hey, this is a really good movie. I was a fan of the uh, graphic novel. You really got to see the movie. So I ended up renting it at Blockbuster before they went under, uh, like I said, immediately the day it came out. So again, it, it was, this is more of a cult movie now. And now it's, you know, I'm sure the it's streaming on Netflix. So for those who haven't seen it, Yep, golden opportunity. If you have Netflix, it is there. I'm glad Mark told me about it because I was just about to buy the movie. So he's like, wait, wait, it's on Netflix. I'm like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> right, right. And and same here. Like I I was only like marginally aware of the of the graphic novel. I or the graphic novel series. There are actually six of them. Mm -hmm. I i I only like just barely knew about that. I hadn't had a chance to read any of it. And then and when I saw the trailer. For the the initial trailer for the film it didn't give me any of the vibe of what the movie was actually about it just kind of yeah. looked like a silly trailer it didn't look like something that that would pique my interest so i i had no you know i had no desire to actually go into a theater and watch it and it was only by accident like i was just scanning through channels watching cable a few years back and happened to see it and i fell in love with it like right away yeah. I was like, why was why was this movie not bigger at the time you know like it's just it's got everything that like a nerd like me would would want <laughs> yeah absolutely you know yeah and, and then of course to, shout out to like like all of you know michael Sarah and all of the evil exes that he had to fight the, the <laughs> martial arts that they did in that film the yeah. fight choreography was fantastic i only realized i only learned recently that they had been trained by Jackie Chan's stunt team, like by members of their. Oh, stunt team. I did not know that. Yeah, and and I wow. guess. Wow. Yeah, and I guess one of the lead uh, stuntmen from that team did all the fight choreography, which is why like it all turned out so killer. You know, yeah. like who knew Michael Sarah? Like you know who who knew Michael Sarah could be like uh you know a fighter on that level like when i rewatched well it, they was it was like, mainly he had a stunt double though and they got mm -hmm. and they kind of digitally add, added him in like i in fact it's so funny shout out to corridor crew if you're not subscribed to that channel they actually just they they do like these you know special effects look you know criticisms and stuntman criticisms and they just did scott pilgrim recently so they explained that like uh michael Sarah had a body double but then when like the shots where he like was getting up off the ground or when he spun in towards the screen, he—that's when he came in. They—they they digitally replaced the I body see. double, so it made it. So they, but they did it so clean that you can't even tell that the they're like in the same shot that there was two different people. Yeah, I could not tell. It's, yeah, it's I, really I, impressive. Yeah, like I said, if you ever, if you guys are not subscribed to the Corridor Corridor Crew, definitely check out that channel. Um, they, they release content regularly about behind the looks at like special effects and 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 stunt stunt and fight choreography so yeah yeah definitely check that out right um all right i don't know shift gears a little bit here um what makes this movie extra special to me um being a lifelong nintendo fan 
the video game references and sound effects that they they directly pulled uh starting right off in the beginning the very beginning of the movie you hear that yeah, that's from the legend of zelda link to the past on super nintendo the, the sound of the triforce coming together in the opening title that's from zelda um link to the past then on top of that um in the very in the very beginning when they're talking about oh he's dating the high school girl he's dating the high school and then you hear that's like another zelda sound effect right. like i i'm laughing so hard because i'm like oh my god anyone who hasn't played zelda is not gonna get this right and then to add on top of that the the music there is one scene where he's dreaming about Ramona. Right. The music you hear in the background is the fairy fountain music from from the Zelda games. Oh wow! So it's just like so Nintendo definitely gave them the license to use their sound effects and music, and it's just it's just so great because, like I said, these are games I still love to this day, and I grew up watching. So, um, you right. know, it's, well, well, also playing, the. Yeah. Also, the names of the bands, like they they were they were named yes. after Nintendo games, like yes. the Clash Demon Head, and uh, what was another one? Crash and the Boys is an old Nintendo. Sex Bomb, Bomb. You Bob's. know what a Bomb is, right? Yeah, it's from Mario, right? Yeah, the wind up bomb from, yep. from yep. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I mean. I mean, they just like took all of these little references and actually made a narrative out of it, which I just think is so brilliant. You know, like we really yeah. haven't seen anything like that. I mean, you could make the case for like Ready Player One, I guess, mm -hmm. but it's still not, you know, wrapped up so neatly and so like perfectly yeah. as, this, as this movie was. It's funny you mentioned Ready Player One because this movie came out before the book, didn't it? Yes. Yes. So, so yeah, so this movie came out in 2010. Well, yeah, 2010. Wait, when did Re Ready, yeah. Ready Player One come out? Well, the book, I think, came out, if I'm not mistaken, did it come out in 2014 or 2013? Yeah, I want to say. Either 2013 yeah. or 2014. Right. And then the movie came out a couple of years ago. Now they just announced the, the second book, Ready Player Two. The book is on right. its way. I think it's supposed to come out in the fall, if I'm not mistaken. I right. still, I still have to read the first book, but, um, I mean, I already seen the movie, so. But, yeah, I mean, everybody's hyped about the book. Now it's like, all right, if there's a second book coming out, I can almost guarantee there's going to be a second movie. Right. Almost, it's almost guaranteed at this point. But yeah, like all this video game stuff that was thrown into a movie, this this it predated uh, Ready Player One, the 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 book. So. Right, right, and the you know, and the and the the comic series, the graphic novel that was written back in two thousand four, I think. So yeah. I mean, even back then, and and within and within the comic, you know, you get, you know, like. You know, you even get like a transmedia narrative there. You know what I mean? You're you're getting like the video game references. You're getting like American comic references, manga references. Yeah. You know, and uh, what I learned recently is that the film influenced la the later comics, and the comics influenced the film. So there was like this nice crossover because yeah. that series, that six volume series hadn't been completed at the time that the film was was made so when they finished the film they took elements you know uh, i think uh what's his name brian lee o'malley who who created the comic he he took elements from the film and then just sort of related that back into the the, the subsequent comics which I yeah think and then of course and then of course the video game came out right when the movie came out too there was an indie game of scott pilgrim versus and it was and it was done in like 8-bit style too right what was it 16-bit style i don't remember it was it was a 2d platforming game 
with a little bit of fighting in there. And, and so, they, yeah, they had like a retro style game that came out with the movie to promote the movie. So, yeah, that's pretty rad, too. Yeah. I also like really liked the, you know, you mentioned the music before, like you were talking about the video game music, but I actually yeah. like a lot of the, the actual music from the soundtrack. Yeah. You know, like it's not for everybody, but like I happen to be like a pretty big fan of like Canadian music from like the the, the mid to late 2000s. Like I really like bands like Dimanikin and and uh, Tegan and Sarah and things like that. And yeah. uh, there's one band in there that I really love named Metric. And they did the song that the Clash at Demon Head performs in, uh, you know, in the in that one scene where uh where scott has to fight <laughs> fight brandon <laughs> so you know oh okay yeah the, the base <laughs> battle yeah yeah the base battle but i i particularly like that one song a lot that black sheep song i really mm -hmm. think that should have been a much bigger song like but you know that's just me you know yeah look, 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 another thing too is i love the editing of this movie and it's just for stars so we kind of just already talked about the fights. I love the whole versus screen. Now, listen, when you, back in the day when I used to play Mortal Kombat and Street Fighter, what always got you hyped when you selected your character and you're about to fight? The versus screen. The right. versus screen is always what got you hyped in any fighting game, you know. And I love how this movie depicts that where you see a little versus screen before they're about to clash. Yes. I love that. <laughs> I love it, love it, love it. I love the KO. <laughs> yes, in the KO, yep. In the KO and in the coins. and Right. <laughs> it's like, like, oh, that's not enough points for me to catch yeah, the bus. Yeah, it's like not even enough for me to get the bus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's just, just genius. Just genius. Props to uh, Edgar Wright. Great. Great cinematography. Great editing. Um, you know, every, even like the little things, like, 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 the, the, like the P bar. You know, where right. he, he goes to piss and then you see like the, you know, the key card <laughs> right. drain down. And then, and then like the little, like the, you know, the little, like, um, uh, like the labels there saying like, you know, you know, so-and-so doesn't give a crap or so-and-so high school right. girl, so-and-so 25 years old knows everybody. Like right. all that just little hats. stuff. Yeah. 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 All that, all those little things is just, it's just so funny and creative. I mean, that does, that really doesn't work in like any normal movie. Um, it just, oh, it, it, it's funny. I mean, Suicide Squad tried that, but this movie perfected it long before Suicide, Su right. Suicide Squad attempted that. So, you know, this just these, just these little things they pick up on, and they're just so clever and so funny. And again, the the, the style, you know, the, the way it's shot, the stylized action, I mean, you know, as you as you point out, like the anime stuff. So when they, when they're, they're 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 doing their like their charged up punch, and they got the, like the anime. Yeah, background. the lines that go behind yes. them and everything. Yes, exactly. I love that. Like, yeah. Oh God, it's just it's just great. Like, yeah, this is this is definitely one of the most charming movies ever made. And again, this movie's ten years old, and it still looks good. And I'm sure still we're gonna look back up. at it again ten years later. We're gonna watch it again. Like, wow, these special effects really hold up. You know, all the ref references to the gaming, you know, are so clever, you know, so it's just, it's great. I feel like this is this is going to be a timeless movie. And I think, again, we've said before, it's just a damn shame that this didn't pick up steam, you know, early on. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved to see like a sequel or something like that to it, you know, like, you know, we we kind of we kind of know the, the ending, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I would have loved to see more, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like 
I would have loved to see his adventures after after the after the fact. But you know, I'm I'm just happy that you know we are able to go back and you know do this look back and kind of like revisit it, and fall in love with it again because it had been like a lot of years since I watched it and. You know, I, I remember liking it or, you know, really being into it right away, but it's yeah. been so many years since I've actually watched it that, you know, when I, you know, took a second look at it a few days ago, I was floored all over again. I was just like, oh my God, just like the use of color and like yeah. just the, the, the comedy, the timing in it, the cast, you know, like everything about it was perfect. You know, like it was, it, it, it it's one of these films that like it, it just ages well. So yeah. I think like the older it gets, the more you appreciate like what went into it and and, yeah. and and the end result. It's just, you know, like you said, it's a shame that it, it wasn't more successful. Yeah. I don't know, listen, I'm not gonna stand here and say it's a perfect movie. I do have some minor criticisms. Um, mainly, honestly, to me, the movie's so captivating, but I, I feel like the movie, I wanna say it dips. I think it plat toes a little bit when we get to the end i just feel like after the uh the fight with okay now we're kind of going to spoiler territory but when we get to the fight with the twins sure. and then the final the final fight the final boss i, I just mm -hmm. think the final boss and the twins uh to me I, I think those particular scenes kind of fell flat to me a little bit because i feel like the earlier fights you know the chris evans fight the brandon ralph the right. um the first fight with the emo, the emo dude, and then of course the yeah Matthew Patel. Yeah, and then the ex-girlfriend. Like those were all great. Like and they, right. those were comical, and you know even now all even all scenes between them. But when we get to the final, the last two fights, me, I just feel like the finale. I guess the finale, the finale wasn't as good as the previous fights. In my sure, opinion. and you know I I can understand that. Um, the I think the the main reason for that is that those earlier fights had actually been scribed out in the graphic novel, like the you know the first few volumes of the yeah. series had existed, and so though that that part of the story had been written, but the last couple of fights that hadn't uh, you know uh, Scott hadn't gotten to uh, you know boyfriends five through seven being an yeah. X's five through seven. So they had to kind of cook up those parts of the story. And uh, I know particularly with number seven, with uh, with Gideon Graves, they had another uh, fight in mind. Like he was supposed to turn into like a, like a giant mech, like a- like a Yeah, I was just gonna say, like it wasn't, yeah. you know, when you think of, when you, when you play video games, when you get to the final boss, mm -hmm. you're expecting like, you know, a, a giant boss. Something massive, you know, some, right. Yeah. And yeah, that's where so, I think the movie, that part, that's where, that's where the part of the movie, I sh I'm going to call it fail, but mm -hmm. should have done differently. And yeah. it could have been, it could have been timing. It could have been budget. could have been a lot of things, but, well, you know. Well, I, they, well, what I read was that, that they had like that scene, like completely scripted out. They're ready to film it. But um, they were working close with, with Brian Lee O'Malley, like the creator and, like he kind of vetoed it like he was just like i don't really like this idea i think we need to go a different way and he changed yeah. well he didn't actively change it but he worked with the screenwriters to sort of like come up with a different uh come up with a different fight scene for it okay and that makes sense um now here's what i love love about the movie is um 
Scott Pilgrim is a pretty um, relatable dude. Um, you know, he's a bit of a dweeb, but he's a likable dweeb. Right. And this is why I actually like the movie, where I think it, it has some heart to it. Is yeah, he he's dating the, the younger girl, and then he meets Ramona. Right. And he's in a and he's in an awkward position. Like he knows this, this other girl really likes him, and you know he feels differently about this other you know Ramona. And he's in a hard spot. He's like, he's afraid. To, I, I get that. He's afraid to break up with her. I, I right. get that. Because he, he's such a nice kid. He doesn't have the heart in him to like tell this girl, hey, you know, we need to break up. And he doesn't want to. I get that. And, and this is where I think the movie has some heart. That he really didn't want to hurt this girl. I mean, he does. But then at the end, the girl just says, hey, go go get Ramona. You really like her, right? I mean, and that's what right. I really liked about the movies. That there was some heart in there. He didn't. He didn't like destroy this girl. He, you know, he he didn't want to destroy this girl's life. And then at the end, she wanted to help him because she, you know she knew how he felt about this other girl. And I really, right. really liked that. You know, I won't call it a message, but I liked how that that how that was executed. That it's like the movie the movie has some heart to it, and it's and that's nice. Right. I mean, I'm on the fence about that. Yeah, I'm on the fence about that ending. You know, because I know there was an alternate ending filmed where he actually does end up with knives. Oh, and, okay. I didn't realize and, that. Yeah. So in the original, in the original story, he actually, he actually ends up with knives, and and he and Ramona go their separate ways. Well, they filmed that, and they showed it to some test audiences, who were like, "Then that makes the whole evil X's thing pointless." Pointless. Because, yeah. You know, like he kind of like went through all this for nothing, and they didn't like the ending, so they they changed it so that he ended up with Ramona. I, I kind of I I'm happy with that ending, but at the same yeah. time, it falls like it's it rings a little untrue to me considering like that Scott as a person like you look look at his own history, yeah. he had he has a history of like just throwing girls to the side, you know what yeah. I mean? Because he dated his drummer, he dated like I think he like it's part of the backstory is that he dated that girl that works at the coffee shop, like there's a. He, oh, she a, was funny. Yeah, like he has a whole like <laughs> she had the potty mouth. <laughs> yeah, like so. So he has like this history of like treating girls badly, and you know, for him to end up with like his dream girl and stuff like that, to me, like it kind of there was just something about that where he like he he goes through all this and he's not learned anything. So, and that could just be me like overthinking it. I still enjoy the ending, but yeah. something about that's just like, well, you know, like. He should have grown from from that experience, but he did. Okay, I mean, I guess I guess that's a fair <laughs> assessment. <laughs> I just think, like I said, I mean, I I felt bad for for knives. I really did, and it's just like I'm like, oh man, the 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 I don't I, I didn't want to see this girl get like burned. You know, she didn't deserve to get burned. Right. She, her heart was in the right place. His heart's in the right place, but just not. But they just they just you know he wasn't clicking with her like she was clicking with him. She was too young for him anyway. Yeah, yeah, that too. I mean, yeah. I mean, then again, remember this movie takes place in Canada. Okay. So, I don't know what the laws are over there or how. Yeah, let's not get into well, it. I'm just saying the movie was it was, it was in Canada. So yeah, well, they they make a they make a point. They they're very they're very good at making the point that they've never done anything. They've never yes. even kissed or anything. Yes. So. Which, so, and thank I God. think that was that was smart. <laughs> yes, very no, very smart decision yeah. on, on everybody. You know, to, you know, to do that. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention earlier. Back to the video game thing before we wrap this up here. Um, for the reference, 
uh, the Pac-Man story, the Pac-Man effect, which was kind of like his pickup line too. But <laughs> right. the, the Pac-Man Puck-Man story is in fact true. Yes, it's not made up. That is a true story. That yes, Pac-Man was this hit game in Japan, and it was going you know, to be Puck-Man. And you know, God, you know, if they brought Puck-Man to America. Yes, I think it's an open opportunity for people to carve out the F, F word yeah. in there. And I would have. That is true. So for anyone who was wondering, is that really, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And that game, by the way, that, that arcade game they were playing, that Ninja Arcade, that, that game was awesome, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I want to play that game. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a, like a DDR thing, but with ninjas. I'm like, okay, right. that looks actually pretty cool there. Um mm-hmm. I don't know if that's like a real game or if that was just a game they made for the movie, but that that was cool. That that that's something to look up. But that yeah. that was a cool game that they were playing there. And again, again, adding to the video game reference, that, that was a whole lot of fun right there. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So yeah, so before we wrap this up, man, um, yeah, I wanted to kind of just talk to the audience about our upcoming uh, live stream with uh, Daniel Casina on, yes. on August 20th. Speaking of video games. <laughs> yeah, speaking of video games and speaking of martial arts. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, you know we've, we've got a living legend, the original uh, Sub-Zero, uh, uh, Scorpion, Reptile, Johnny Cage. He yes. played them all. And uh, he, was, you know, he was super important in the, the creation of this game. We've got them in studio on th- you know on Thursday, August twentieth. You can yeah, basically uh, well, next week. By the time this comes out, it'll be next week. Yeah, it'll be a week. So yeah, so so please join us. Ask your questions. You know, it's it's going to be a fun time. Absolutely, I'm very much looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, so yeah, let us know in the comments. Like, uh, if you have you seen Scott Pilgrim? Have you if you have, what do you think? Let us know in the comments. You know, we definitely, uh, we do have more lookbacks we're going to do. We have an Expendables lookback that will be coming out at the yes. same time as this. And we're going to be doing the 25th anniversary lookback of the original Mortal Kombat movie next weekend. So, yeah, more lookbacks to come. Um, you know, martial arts and video game related. So this is going to be a really, this, this has turned out as a really fun month. And to anyone out there, anyone out there who came to our Off the Beaten podcast team up stream last Thursday, Thank you for showing up and thank you for watching because that was a great turnout. We cannot wait to have Dion back on the show. That was so much fun. It was our most viewed video uh, that we ever put out. And we just want to thank, thank you for everybody who helped make it such a great turnout. We are, we, we are humble. Thank you. Yes. And we still want to know like who you think was the best Joker. Was it Heath Ledger or was it Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix? Drop us yes. a line in the let comments. Yeah, let yeah. us, let know. us know. We need to decide this for real. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so before we go, we pretty please ask you to like, comment, subscribe, ring that bell, and spread this shit like syphilis. So to you, I say from Louisville to Syracuse and to all of our friends and fans around the world at Nerdcage Live, enjoy life, stay safe, and good night. Sayonara. Ooh, trying to get out of the Nerdcage, are ya? Well, before you go, hit that subscribe button. And if you're really intrigued, ring that bell. Thank you for dropping by. Until next time, tell everyone you know about Nerdcage Live! <laughs>